The good thing about it, everything that's going to happen is in his hand. Now, who's controlling everything that's going on? Who's controlling it, China? I don't think so. Who's controlling it, the government? I don't think so. Welcome to The Healing Touch with Bishop Ronald F. Kimball, presiding bishop of the Life Center Churches. You can find out more about Bishop Kimball and Life Center Church at www.thelifecenter.org. Now, here's Bishop Kimball with today's message. This country is facing a dilemma. And you listen to me in the next half hour or so. Coronavirus. And people are afraid. People are scared. They don't know what to do. The Surgeon General say there's no sense in buying no mask. When God is moving in the arena that he's in now, fear is not his, his main goal. Repentance is. Repentance. When you misread God, your actions is going to be the con- to the contrary of what he wants. Now, I found something, you know, always Jeremiah is my default prophet. Because when God is getting ready to deal with the nation in its last days, that's what Jeremiah was. For 40 years, he went to try to turn this nation back to God, and they wouldn't listen. And and we're going to look at what Jeremiah was doing. But the main question is, do you trust God? There's, There's no need to fear. There's no need to fear. There's no need to get excited if you trust God. Do you trust God? Everybody's going to say, I trust. Yeah, hallelujah, yeah. Well, we, we're going to find out in just a few minutes if you really trust God. You're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid. Fear. The Greeks had a God, Phobos. He was a god of fear. It's who they called on when they went to war. And Phobos was to incite intense fear in the opposition. They depended on fear. This is what the enemy uses as a tool. Fear. I could get you to be afraid of what's going on. I could stop you from serving God. I could shut you down. I looked at my account, went on the internet, and I pulled up my broker's account. I say, my goodness, man, it's dropping. And a thought came to my mind, that's not your money. <laughs> that's God's money. I say, hallelujah. And you do what you want to do with it, God. You, you sh- the divide it, shift it around. But many people think what they have is theirs. That's God money. But then I, I remembered what I said from the book of Psalms. You know, when the psalmist says, test my heart, try me. I told God, if you're going to deal with me, base your decision on how I've honored you with my money, with the money you gave me with. If you're going to make a decision, make a decision based on what I've done. I've honored you. 
I, I, don't, I don't just give you what I think you ought to have. You ask for a tithe, I give you a tithe. Over and beyond that, I bless people. And that just really made my heart feel good. Now, if you haven't honored God in any way, then I don't blame you. I will get as close now to repentance and asking God, this is not a, a, a game. You're going to find what Jeremiah did. People have a tendency to shrink back from God's word because it comes to challenge that Adam in you. And Adam don't want to let go. And that's why when Jesus said a lot of things, people was offended. You know why they was offended? Because they wanted to hold on to the attitude they had and not let the word of God come in and change it. So they took offense to the thing Jesus is saying, uh, was saying. So we have to be very careful about how we respond to God. Very careful. I want to take you to Psalms first, Psalms 22, and, and, and then we read a verse from the 9-1. Turn to Psalms 22, and we, you know this is the psalm that have the prophecy of Jesus uh, been on the cross. It is a psalm of David. And David said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those were Jesus' words from the cross. Now, this is a very prophetic thing David was speaking here. But he says, For from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. I'm crying out to you, I'm praying, I'm doing the best I can, but you do not answer. And by night, I have no rest. You don't hear me, God. You're not answering me. And that's a, that's a very difficult thing to deal with right there. But in verse th 3, yet, or some versions say, but you're holy. If you never open your mouth, I can't take that from you. You are holy. Oh, you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Now, what he's saying is, you're holy. You're different. You are enthroned on the praises of Israel. You've answered prayers in the past, and they praise you. You are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. They fill the temple you in, the praises of the people who praise you because you've answered the prayer. You are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Then verse 4 and 5, listen carefully to what he says. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. They were not put to shame. You are holy. The opposite of holy is common, and God is not a common God. The opposite of holy is common, not sin, but common. Anything common is outside the boundaries of God. He's not common. He's a very unique person. There's no one like God in heaven or on earth. There's no one like him. You can't put God in a category with nobody. When Jesus calmed that, that sea, the disciples wanted to know what manner of man is this. In other words, what kind of man is this till waters and wind obey his voice? They were shocked. There's never been a man like this man. 
that people notice it in his teaching. Nobody ever taught us like this. God is very unique. God is in a class by himself. When you get on your knees and go to God, you're going to somebody that's only that body. There's no whatsoever likeness or anything about God. He is a very unique God. The good thing about it, everything that's going to happen is in his hand. Now, who's controlling everything that's going on? Who's controlling it, China? I don't think so. Who's controlling it, the government? I don't think so. Nobody can do nothing now but God. Nobody, 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 nobody but God. But you are holy. In other words, you're saying, you do answer prayer. You've done it in the past. And the Father's praise you. Listen to what he said. And you, our fathers, trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried out and were delivered. And you, they trusted and were not disappointed. Wow, that's something. And you, they trusted and what now? I like to put to shame. So two things are going to happen here if God doesn't answer us. And what is that? We're going to be disappointed and we're going to be put to shame. And, you know, we're running from that. We're running hard from that. I don't want to be disappointed, and I don't want to be put to shame. He said, because they trusted in you. Now, that's powerful. Now, that, that's a powerful thing. Just, 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 just bear with me as I deviate just a little bit. They were not afraid. They didn't fear uh, because the Bible says fear has torment. Fear torments. I think it's 1 John 4, 6. And perfect love does what? It didn't say love. It said what? Perfect love. Now, that, that, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a reason for that. And I'm, I'm going to give you a little example, and maybe from the example you can understand what perfect love is. Now, many people say they love their job or they love their community. I love, I, I just like working at this company. This is a good company. You love it. One day, the boss comes to you and say, you know, we're having a hard time here financially, and I just, just want you to work two weeks without pay. <laughs> now you don't love that company too much. <laughs> well, it wasn't the company you love. Listen, it wasn't the company you love. It was the pay. And you disguised it by saying, I love the job. You don't love it. Now, what God is really saying here is, you should love me for no other reason that I'm God. No other reason. When, when you can love me for no other reason than me being God, then you got perfect love. You got perfect love. You don't have to do nothing for me. You're God. Nothing can happen to me. You're God. Even if something do happen, I take the position like Paul takes. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain, I'll never lose, God. I'll never lose. But we have ulterior motives for serving God. And God said, I don't want you to have ulterior motives. I want you to have complete and perfect love for me. That's when fear leaves because your only concern now is not breaking God's heart. I don't want to hurt God. I'm not trying to do this or do that. And we have been so very aggressive about getting our blessings from God just to know him is a blessing. Yeah. 
Andre Crouch sung this song years ago. If heaven never was promised to me, the promise to live eternally, it's been worse just having the Lord in my life. Living in the world of darkness, he came and bought me the light. We have to get rid of the ulterior motives. We have to get rid of all the things we attach to loving God. If you're going to love the company, then love the company because you love the company. You don't love the company. Let them stop paying you. I see where your love is. So let's say God quit doing everything that we want him to do. Will you still love him? Everyone say they love God. I want to get to this part. If God doesn't answer us, we're going to be disappointed and put to shame. Hmm. How does God deal with the nation when the nation doesn't know what's going on? They don't see anything wrong. But this has been coming on for a while. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jeremiah 17. In Jeremiah chapter 17, 5, listen to what God say. Thus said the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turn away from the Lord. For he will be like a brush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes. Wow. He will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitants. Blessed is the man whose trust, who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. King Josiah was purging Judah of all its idolatry. King, king Josiah was a good king, and he was purging there. He, he wanted all the idols out. He was, he was doing the work for God. When King Josiah passed away, Isaiah the prophet had been prophesying about 23 years. All those years, the people refused to listen and to believe destruction was coming. It's hard to convince people of something God is doing. They have no clue or no idea of what God is doing. It's hard, hard to convince them. They, 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 they don't want to hear these things. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. If you'd like this message in its entirety, contact us by phone at 407-628-3229, extension 114, or visit our online store at www.thelifecenter.org. Thank you.